with this time of year, I know that it's incredibly busy. Tons of things going on. You have so many things that you could say, oh, it's been a busy week, it's been a busy time. I need to do this, I need to do that. The other day, we were just talking about how close it is to Christmas. And my wife, who is very organized, was saying, you know, I have things I have to do, I have things I have to do. And I get it. That's how we all are right now. And I've just been praying for the church family that we don't miss this season because there's nothing worse than crawling into Christmas, right? Lord, we're gonna honor you, we're gonna celebrate you, but I'm gonna crawl there because I'm tired from all the things that, that have taken your place at times. As I was sitting there and during worship, I just feel prompted that I need to say this and I had to write it down because I feel like someone needs to hear it today. And that is that the shaking is approving. I don't know why I'm supposed to say it, but I felt led that I'm supposed to say it. And whoever it is that you feel like you are just, and I, I just imagine like a snow globe, that's how you felt. But the shaking is not to destroy, it's to prove. It has nothing to do with what I'm going to say today. But I think it's vital that when God places something on your heart that you share it. And so whoever you are, I'm going to be holding you up. And I think that's important to say that in seasons like this, that we can try to connect every dot. It's a season of proving, season of proving. Throughout many churches, the subject of Advent, huge, huge. And as much as I would like to stand before you and say, boy, I'd love to put together a four-week series on Advent, I may be able to complete one week before I feel the prompting of God and need to go another direction. And so today, you think about Luke chapter 2, how many churches that's being shared in. I'm going to speak out of Luke chapter 2, maybe a little bit differently than other churches today. You think of Christmas memories and everyone has that one memory. Maybe that Ralphie Red Rider moment for you. That thing that you remember that you remember. I remember when I was younger and I was starting to get older as a child. Starting to listen to kids at school and things they'd say. Kind of shaping my view of Christmas. Kind of needing some evidence, some proof. And I have loved Star Wars my entire life. If you know me, you know it's true. My parents had worked in conjunction with Santa Claus, and uh, there was this Darth Vader that I wanted. And in all the shuffling that can happen on Christmas Eve, he didn't make it under the tree. But I remember going out to play and he had accidentally fallen on the back patio. And as a kid, it blew my mind because I'm like, whoa, whoa, what just happened here? And that for me will always be a memory, just something that I keep close. I remember that when we had gotten married, I thought, oh, I am going to surprise my wife. 
going to get her something that's going to surprise her, but she wants. And I remember I had worked with some of the uh, students in the youth group to wrap fake presents, to put on this whole show and everything. And I remember that the gift was going to be this little Himalayan kitten. Oh, it, it was going to be great. And so I set this up, you know, trying to navigate, how am I going to do this? And went to pick it up, and it's just this little fluff ball of a kitten. Really cute. Well, this kitten had intestinal issues. That's the best way that I can say it. And so that evening, all the joy also meant bathing this kitten every time that it had to use the restroom. And so it wasn't the surprise that I had hoped for. And I think I ended up having to take that kitten back and getting yelled at by the lady that a pet is a lifetime commitment. And I'm like, thank you, thank you. So it was a great time for our family, a real time of growth. Yeah, yeah. So today what I'd like to dial in for is remember, this word remember, to take it back to the beginning. Again, we're going to be speaking out of Luke chapter 2 about Jesus' birth. And in those beginning verses of that, it's something we've heard so many times read. But when I was reading this chapter, I needed to fast forward past that nativity to a point in this passage Verses 23 and 24, where the Bible says that every male was to be presented to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now think about this, the setup. One chapter before in Luke 1, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. He says these words, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And yet you have these people who have our parents, earthly parents to Jesus. And they're standing at the temple to dedicate him. Similar to how we do baby dedications in a way, but to a whole other level because of all the things involved with the law. They didn't get a pass. They didn't get special treatment because an angel had appeared to them. I love so many things about Jesus' birth. So many things. Some of my favorite things, though, are the who that was chosen to be his parents. Average people. They weren't well-to-do. They were the kind of people that if you saw them, they would probably not stand out from the crowd. As a child, I was heavily influenced by the fact that if I ever saw Jesus and his parents, I would know them. Maybe I was heavily influenced by, I've liked art my whole life, and maybe seeing some of the pictures of the family, you know, with their big halos and their 15th century royal garb, that I would notice them if I saw them out. But the truth was that they didn't dress this way. The truth was maybe how we saw them is something that we've made up in our mind, but they were these lowly people. Another thing that I love about this story is the wear that he chose. This was not a destination place. There is no sandal. Nazareth resort that's all inclusive. It's the kind of place that you would probably call a flyover place during that time. He could have been born anywhere. He could have been born in the center of Rome. But God's plan was different. It was so different than anyone else had imagined. He was humble from the very beginning. If the Lord of all creation can walk in humility, then those who call ourselves Christians can walk in humility. 
If anyone could have had a pass, it would have been at this point in time, that family. That offering, one thing that's often overlooked. In Leviticus 12, it outlines the sacrifices that are to be given when a child is dedicated, when a male baby is dedicated. It's a lamb. What's wild about this is even this story of humility that you have the people walking in with the Lamb of God in their arms, but they didn't have the financial means to purchase a lamb to sacrifice. This offering of two turtle doves, it was known as the poor man's offering. Can you imagine an angel showing up to you, declaring that you were going to give birth to the Son of God. Then you give birth to him in a stable, and then you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go to the temple. And I'm not thinking in any way they thought that this was like some meal ticket or they'd struck it rich, but wouldn't it just be odd thinking, I have Jesus here, and I'm still in the state that I was in. What am I going to do with it? I say that because that speaks to us, because often we have this idea of how it's going to be. But you do what God tells you to do regardless of season, regardless of setting. First the stable, then the sacrifice. When the story of Jesus becomes your story, there will be humility and it will be marked by humility. When my walk begins to lack humility, I need to ask myself, where did I leave Jesus? When I find myself walking in a way that I'm looking down on more people than I'm trying to lift up, I need to say, where did I leave Jesus along the way? You have Mary. She hasn't forgotten the angel's words, and she's following the plan just like everyone else. And I would ask you, when God speaks to you, how do you carry it? How do you carry it? Because God has spoken promises. And I want to walk in a way that there's nothing else in my hands but Jesus when he tells me that's the way it needs to be. That's difficult sometimes. I love when those who walk after Christ walk in humility. Fast forward a little bit. Verse 25. I'm going to read verses 25 through 35 to you in a minute to a man named Simeon. I would ask, are there any Simeons in the house? But if you're hearing your name Simeon, you say, yeah, then it would just be an awkward moment. I'd be like, there you go. So I'll read these verses. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting on the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, Simeon, took him, Jesus, up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. It's a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel." Now, that name Simeon, if you look up Bible names, because there's always a Bible meaning for every name now, like I could look up Bob and it would be something incredibly inspirational. I'm going to do that and let you know next week what that is. <laughs> Simeon means hearkening. I know we 
the whole hark the herald angels sing, but Simeon, it means hearkening. To give heed or attention to that which has been said. God's looking for people that are going to give heed. God's looking for people who are listening actively for the word of God in every situation. That hearken, it also means to return to a previous topic. Pastor Nip, I thought of you. No one knows Robert's rules of order like Pastor Nip. To return to a previous topic. Like when in Robert's rule, when it's returns, we return, right? Because that, it's order. So in this with Simeon, even his listening is saying, wait, hold on, hold on. Let's return to something. In all the chaos, in all the mess, things have been passed over. Let's go back to what's important. Let's go back to the thing that maybe in all the things that we've been talking about, maybe we've skipped over. Don't skip over Jesus. Let's talk about that. Simeon, it says in the Bible, he is just and devout. Neither one of those things came from himself. It came from God. It came from his faith in God. There is never a point where you and I can say, I am a just man because of me. I'm a righteous man because of me. No, that's called self-righteous. It's a little different. When you're just, the definition of that, that original wording, it's said of a person whose way of thinking, feeling, and acting is wholly conformed to the will of God and needs no other rectification. I don't need another qualifier. That's what that's saying. So when you walk in a just way, you're saying, I don't need man's stamp of approval because I have God's. Remember that humility part, though. He was devout, taking hold of that which is good. This was really tough, and I told my wife, I had a line on this that I had to dial back because I just felt like there's a, there's a thing here. Taking hold of what is good. Being devout means focusing on the outward response that someone gives to what they feel is truly worthwhile. Here's a statement for you. What I reach for preaches. What I reach for preaches. Oh, I can talk about a thousand things that are important to me, but you'll see what I reach for, it'll preach. Here's an example. I see these clips, these reels, and this one I was watching one day, it was on Instagram or Facebook. It was in another country. It was this, uh, it was a restaurant, and it had, it was open, but there were walls like right beside the, the street, right? So you could sort of be inside and sort of be outside. And so it shows this man, he's having dinner with his significant other, and she's there, and it's very romantic. And all of a sudden, from the corner of the screen, comes a robber into the restaurant with his pistol. And you see on the film, and this is one of those, like, ladies, you know what you're thinking, and the man gets up and punches the robber. That's, that's the version we'd like to see. Here's what happened. The man on the video reaches for his phone, puts it in his pocket. The robber doesn't see him, and he walks out of the restaurant and leaves his wife or whoever it is. What you reach for preaches. I can guarantee, I hope that wasn't his wife, because I can guarantee she probably wasn't after that encounter. But it spoke to me. All the things that we say we value, but what do we hold on to? 
And so you have this Simeon who is listening for the God truth. He's hearkening for the God truth. There's a good possibility when you read things that Simeon, who we see is at the temple, has learned about Jesus' birth from the shepherds. Why is that? Because part of temple worship involved lambs. And so it would be a very good possibility that some of these shepherds may have actually been employed as shepherds of the temple to care for those sacrifices. And so they may have come along and spoken to Simeon and let him know what was going on. And here's the truth. Back in those days, shepherds were not looked on very well. It was a lowly class. And that speaks to me. Humility says to look for Jesus everywhere. To listen for Jesus everywhere. If we don't, we can miss what he's trying to say. It can be possible to spend a lot of time in God's house, but spend a lot of time with our nose in the air. I'm just being real. I know this is like a rough Christmas sermon. Like, come on. At other places, they're probably singing the Hallelujah Chorus right now. And here's this guy. But there are no minor characters in God's story. There are no minor characters. I have said that just when I think that I've arrived at a spot with God, someone who has been a Christian for like two months will teach me something that I have totally overlooked. This idea that Simeon can teach us so much. He had heard from the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 26. He had heard. Even after hearing from the Holy Spirit, he didn't ask for a pass. He didn't ask for special treatment. He heard from the Holy Spirit. And then in the next verse, it says, so he came by the Spirit into the temple. Hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and following the voice of the Holy Spirit are two different things. The word says that Simeon was waiting on the consolation of Israel. You look up that word consolation, the Greek word paraklesis, which is tied to, when we talk about the comforter, which is tied to the Holy Spirit, you know, when Jesus talked, this, this wording of paraklesis, the kind of way that God shows up, the meanings behind that, evidence that stands up in God's court. Consolation is an intimate call that delivers God's verdict. The Holy Spirit revealed that Simeon wouldn't see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. It was revealed to him. That wording of revealed means a legal agreement for transacting business that is based on the real value of God. Notice all these legal terms that are going on. Why is that? Because God, in his formal way, is saying, the way you have seen the law, you're going to begin to see it a lot different now that Jesus is on the scene. The way that you have been walking, it's going to start to look a little different once these words like grace start coming into play. And I'm saying that to even us as the church because God in his way is bringing forth the evidence. God in his way, he's transacting business with us and he's saying, this is how it's going to be. This is how it's going to be. He was led. He heard God's promise, but he followed the prompting. It should be noted in the word that doesn't say that Simeon lived in the temple. 
Nope. He was a normal, everyday man that God spoke to. Just like you and me. He was a normal guy that when God spoke, he had a choice of listening or not listening. And the word says, so he went. I was reading one of my friends had shared yesterday that they ran in to get food somewhere and came out. And there was a homeless person sitting on the sidewalk. And the homeless person was asking, can I have money for, for food? And the person, they said, you know what? I'm going to go in and get whatever you want. I'm going to sit with you while you eat. I'm going to talk. And it speaks to me because I feel like there are so many times that we walk past God appointments because we're too busy doing God's work. But the God appointment is the God work. So he goes, and here's Simeon walking, led by the Spirit that Jesus is going to be here into the temple. And remember, there are no halos, there's nothing else. There's this couple who is just an average couple, and they're holding this baby, two very normal people. They didn't have banners, there were no cherubs above their head, there were no name tags on them to say who they were. Everyone had this idea of how Jesus' arrival was going to be, right? You read about that. He's going to come in, and he's going to overthrow the government. He's, people had all these ideas how Jesus was going to be, but I guarantee the one thing they did not guess was that, that Simeon saw. God will choose the unlikely situations to do great things. He did it then, and he's going to do it now. He did it then, and he's going to continue to do it in our lives. Not even the big surprise, though. Here's what's beautiful, is you know all of God's people were thinking, the Messiah is going to come to deliver us. Here's the beauty of it. God, like in the Billy Mays moment of, but wait, there's more, that Jesus is going to come, and Jesus is not only going to provide salvation for God's people, but for all the people. And not just for this time, but through all time it's going to come. That is who Jesus is, and that's the reality of this walk. Time's not going to restrain who he is. Verses 27 to 28, when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God. That's bold. That is bold. Just talking to someone the other day, the weirdest thing, and if you do this, I'm sorry, I'm just calling you out. The weirdest thing is like when people walk and there's a pregnant person, somebody's just like their hand on their belly. I told someone the other day, I'm like, if you're pregnant, someone does that to you, you just take your hand and put it right on their belly. I don't care who they are. <laughs> just up the awkward. Just, just do it. So Simeon, who has never met Jesus, he walks toward this couple and he picks this baby up. In other words, I got to throw my arms around Jesus. I got to throw my arms around him in this setting. This man who had no history with Jesus is willing to react this way. So how much more those who are called by Jesus' name, who have seen what he does, who have seen him as the good shepherd, who have seen him arrive, who have been redeemed, how much more for us should we throw our arms around Jesus Christ? All of the good things that were happening, and I can only imagine in the temple, good things were happening that day, but here comes this guy, and he's not about it. He's not about the music. He's not about what's going on. He's not about the formality. He's about Jesus. That in itself will preach. 
I want Jesus. I'm beelining to Jesus. I don't care which culture you're in. It's just weird to walk up and pick up somebody's baby. You know, like that is something that is just wild. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like Simeon, he's lucky he didn't get tased, (laughs) pepper sprayed, tackled, whatever. But here's what I'm going to say to you. You better be sure. So I'm telling you what. How many babies have I walked up to people and picked them up at the mall? Maybe a couple. None. No, none's the answer. (laughs) But here's what I want to throw down. So often as Christians, we err on the side of caution. I better not reach for him here. Better not go against the grain. Somebody may give me a weird look. Someone might say something. Don't you wonder if Simeon told other people? I mean, the Holy Spirit told him this, right? Don't you wonder if he's just sitting around with his boys one day and just like, hey, guys, Holy Spirit, let me know that I'm not going to die until I see the Messiah. You have to wonder this. You have to wonder, like, here's Simeon, and here's the truth. When you read in God's word, God's word did not say the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon that he would see Jesus in the house of God. In other words, when he was told he was going to see him, can you just imagine him entering every room with that look of anticipation? Can you imagine it? I just saw, and it was this video, this little girl, and she was doing a Christmas concert at her school, and you may have seen this one. And she was standing with her friends, and everybody's seeing her family, and she's looking around the room. You know, if you have kids, it's that moment. Like, are they going to dart? Are they going to stay? But she's looking around the room, and all of a sudden, she sees her family, and her little face lights up. Oh, it was beautiful. She starts crying. She's so happy to see her family. She's wiping tears and just smiling. This is the kind of anticipation I'm imagining with Simeon, just scanning the crowd. Like, I know he's got to be here. I know he's got to be here. But the truth is, we don't know how long the promise had been given. We know that he's old. What if this promise was given when he was a young man? And every room he has entered, in every point, he's looking for Jesus. I want to be like that. I want to be that guy. I want to be the one that people are like, is he crazy? Yup. I want to be that one where people are like, are you looking for him again? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because I know when I look for him, I'm going to find him. Some people probably thought, oh, he's just confused. Oh, you know what? He, he probably heard wrong about this whole thing. Maybe they began to laugh at him. Maybe even worse, they laughed at him when he wasn't around. But here's a challenge, church. It is time to take back the countenance of anticipation in God's house. It's time to begin walking in that countenance of anticipation. It's time to begin to walk in a way that you know that you know who you're looking for and you're not going to miss him. Wouldn't it have been easier, though, like if he would have seen Jesus, just known all along, you're going to see Jesus in God's house? For me, that would be really easy because church is an environment where I'm comfortable. 
we can show up in church and we have a different kind of expectation than we may have outside of the church. Just being real. And so it could have been easy to come in with an attitude of expectation, but what if God's saying you're going to see him, but what if you begin to see him in all the places you don't expect? If our search for the promise is limited to within these walls, we're going to be disappointed, church. Because Jesus Christ is doing things outside of these walls. I am not so pompous as to think that freedom can only exist here. I'm not so pompous as to think that when you agree in prayer, two or more in any... Does it say two or more in this sanctuary, Josh? No, it says two or more, right? Now, I want to have the kind of faith that says, let's shake it up. Let's shake it up. I want to have the kind of faith, I want to have like my mom's kind of faith that when somebody tells me what's going on at Walmart, that I put my, leave my groceries at a self-checkout and have prayer meeting. That's the kind of faith that I want to grow into, right? She's like the official chaplain of Walmart, and I want to have that kind of faith. What's wild is as soon as Simeon takes hold of Jesus, he begins to speak blessing. This is so rich to me because it could go a hundred different directions. In other words, when you have hold of Jesus, what should come out of your mouth is blessing. When you have hold of Jesus, when you have a grip on him, what should come out of your mouth is blessing. He says, you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. (laughs) It's almost as if This man, Simeon, his lot in life, if you will, was that God came to him and said, you are going to have a lonely watch. You're going to be a lonely watchman. Because what I'm speaking to you, not everyone might hear. It's not a hidden truth, but not everyone might hear this. I'm telling you about the promise, and I'm asking you to be my watchman in this season. Someone here feels that way. Someone here feels as if the promise has been spoken and you have been keeping your post and you have been watching and you have been believing. You haven't left your post. You haven't shirked your duty. You have that Abraham stagger not at the promise through unbelief type faith. You have that type of faith that you know who God is and you know what he's capable of. You have been surrounded by people that may not have heard that same prompting at times. People who, for your own good, may give you advice that goes against the very advice that God's giving you because they care about you. Just being real. But God said, stay at your post. Stay at your post and keep watching. I'm reminded of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Washington, D.C. It's a beautiful thing. Often it's a bunch of seventh graders which are viewing this during the day, right? On their school trip, it's a big thing. And some people, when they go there, they might not see the significance of each step. They may not even begin to understand the amount of preparation that goes on behind the scenes. They may not know that the smallest details are the big details to those who have been commissioned to do that. 
In all of the military, it is said that one of the least awarded achievements is the tomb guards. Throughout all of history, it's such an exclusive thing because it requires such a high level of precision. It's not just something that you apply for and get. It's something that more people don't get than do. Some people may think that it's nice to watch this soldier walk back and forth in 70-degree weather at 10 in the morning. But little do they know that that same man might be there at 3 in the morning when no one else is watching. That he may be there when it's raining sideways in his face. that he may be there through the heat and through the cold. And I say that to you because someone that resonates with, because you feel like you have been walking in promise and you feel like everyone else may think that this is just pomp and circumstance, but the truth of the matter is you're there for the long haul because you understand the commission. In all humility, I say to you, you are not doing it for them. You're not doing it for them. Because here's what happens when it comes to that soldier. He can't commission himself to do it. The commanding officer commissions him. There is one who is at the command. There is one who is in charge, who has commissioned you for this moment. It is not because of who you are, but because of who he is. His righteousness covers you. When you walk in the just way before the Father, you don't need man's stamp of approval. And just like that guard at the tomb, something happens. When they are walking, when they are doing what they do, at some point, do you know what happens? The commanding officer, he comes and he begins to walk beside them matching them step for step in every one of those 21 paces, every step. Because what happens is the things that God does, it's seamless. And when it comes to that whole Washington thing, it's seamless. It's not like they stop and they call someone else in. It happens that there's never a step missed. And this is how it is in the kingdom of God. There is not a step missed in the things that he is doing because of who Jesus Christ is. And the one who is in charge is about to appear. If there was ever a time when I believe it, it's this time. I was just talking to someone today. And I don't even use the word behooves much, but it behooves me to wonder how bad some of the places in the Bible were. Really, it behooves me to wonder how Sodom and Gomorrah were. When the one who is in command shows up, there will be a release from this watch. Oh, my Lord. On Thursday, we were right here. When you were standing there, Pastor Nip, I was just thinking the spot you were praying is the very place where we had a homegoing celebration for Debbie Mullins. Because there came a point when the commanding officer was like, you know what? This is the end of your watch. Enter into what I have for you. And I'm telling you what, 
as God's man, I'm not leaving my post until I hear well done. If there is a heartbeat of this church, it would be stay on the wall, stay at your post, and stay in the places God has told you to stay. Do not deviate from the plan because you've been called to a higher purpose. In due time, the one who has commissioned you will come. You read in Simeon's words of blessing, I've seen your salvation. You read into those meanings of those words, salvation, defense, defender. And now I'm dialing in towards something here and someone that you need to understand that salvation did not stop with that prayer to ask Jesus in your heart. He loves you and he defends what he loves. He is your defender. The wording for salvation is God's rescue, his deliverance, his recovery, and his escape. And somebody feels like you have been through the ringer. Somebody's been crying out, but the same God who rescued then is the same God who rescues now. He is no worse at deliverance than he was then. He is still at it. When it comes to recovery, there are things that he knows that he knows, and there is a path for you to recover. There is an escape which he has provided. That is who God is. It says in verse 31, this has been prepared in the sight of all people. And I set it up here on this stage a few weeks ago, and I will say it again, that the plan of God is not something that he made with like CIA level clearance that it's for so many eyes only. He does it in the sight of everyone. He does it in the sight of everyone. And Jesus is not some top secret agent. It's an all y'all kind of thing. He says it's going to be a light to lighten. The wording there that's used is an uncovering or an unveiling. When a master artist does the work that they do, and there's an unveiling, and people come for the unveiling, when you show up, you know there's a covering over it. And in that prompting, like how I just feel being real with you right now, when I'm talking about humility in the beginning, someone's saying, I don't think I could feel any lower. I feel like I'm in a million pieces and I don't feel like I could be any lower. Humility is not an issue for me right now. But maybe you need to hear it from this side of it, that when he's talking and he's talking about that uncovering, because there comes a point when you show up for that unveiling, when the covering is dropped off, and the thing that the master is proud of is revealed. He is proud of the work that is going on in your life. He is not ashamed of you. He is at a point that he's willing to let other people view what's going on and view the masterpiece that he's creating. That's how much he respects you. It's not like a salvage show. It's more like an art exhibition that he's wanting to put on. The Bible says the glory will be revealed there. Glory, honor, praise, and worship, and dignity. Jesus Christ has come to give all of those back to you. Someone needs to be reminded that your dignity is not gone forever. 
Someone needs to be reminded that that praise, which just used to come out of your mouth, it's going to come out of your mouth again. This is who Jesus is. And so when I ask, are there any Simeons in the house? My prayer today is that you would know you're that guy. You're that guy. I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask you to stand. The worship team is going to come on in a moment. But as I was finalizing things for whatever this was today, I won't leave here without asking you this. Are you the person that feels like your life's the snow globe? Are you the person that says, I believe in what you said, God, but I feel like I have been walking this walk and I haven't seen a whole lot in a long time? I'm just being brutally honest, real. God, I'm getting tired. God, the years are passing, and I'm holding on to the promise. I'm holding on. I know who you say you're going to be, and I'm looking in every room, but Lord, if you're that person, I want to pray with you. I want to pray. With, I want Dina and I to pray with you because I'm telling you what, this is a season of joy. This is a season of peace. This is a season that none of those things are wasted. It wasn't just made to make ornaments. It was made because it's the truth. And I'm telling you what, I want us on that Christmas morning to be able to walk in the joy, to wake in the joy, to lay our head down in the joy. I don't want this to be a season where God's people are just making, making by, just getting through. And so if you'll bow your heads, we're going to pray. And here's what I would ask. If what has been spoken here today applies to you and you're that person, after we pray, come down here. The worship team's going to be playing. I want to pray with you. Let's pray. Father, right now in this moment, I pray that your whispers would be louder than any of the noise. You who came in humility, Lord, did so because you wanted to be accessible from the very start. And Father, I know that you have not changed. I know, Lord, that your plan is still strong, and I know that every promise that you have spoken, God, is your word, not man's word. And Father, I pray that whoever needs that perseverance, whoever needs to see that it's one step at a time and they've got this in you, Lord, I pray your assurance over their heart right now. Protect everyone in this house, Lord, their hearts and their minds as they go forward in you. In Jesus' name, amen.